0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Ethan coming at you live from the True You HQ. This is just the second episode of the True You podcast. True You is designed to be an outlet for people to visit to discover their inner greatness and what it takes to become the best version of themselves. Uh, These are real-life conversations that we're having with amazing people and the intention only to be to add value to anyone listening. Um, today's guest, I'm excited we have LJ Ted with us. Uh, LJ is a good friend of mine. Um, he's been an inspiration to me since I've moved to California a couple of years ago. Um, we've worked together a little bit in the past. And um, like myself and the last guest, uh, LJ actually grew up in Minnesota as well and made the move to California a few years ago with a tech company. Um, He is a tech entrepreneur. He's had success in the past in that field. Um, His hobbies are media. Um, He actually has his own podcast as well, and his passion is building community. So, LJ, thank you for hopping on, brother. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, my man. Welcome to 2021, dude. We made
1: it out alive of 2020. Here we are. I know it's crazy. that I said 2021 for the first time out loud, I feel like yesterday, like on a video, you know, I've I'd, I'd written it and then, you know, you're yelling 2021 on um, the night of, but uh, not until real conversation yesterday. Did I have to say that out loud. And I'm like, that's kind of bizarre.
0: Yeah, I still can't write it. I, I every time I try to write a, a new year, it takes me like 20 checks and like 20 yeah. signatures to get it done. But yeah, we're here, brother. What a year we had, right? Now it's uh on
1: to the next. 100%. I mean, honestly, a, a year of um, kind of self-reflection, a, a time for everybody to kind of redirect themselves to figure out what they want to do in life, uh, how to be able to do it best. You know, a, as isolating as a year it could have been, and probably was for so many people, um, this for me has been an, a great year of, you know, building community and really leaning into uh, the things that I've always desired to, to be a part of most in life. So it, it honestly, 2020 has been a really cool year for me. And I'm, I'm really excited for what 2021 has to offer.
0: Good, good. Yeah, <clears throat> that's interesting that you say that because I feel the same way just with an understanding of oneself when you are forced to isolate when you are, you know, when there's a catastrophic events happening all around it really puts life into a different perspective that I believe helps it helped me
1: pivot and understand more about what direction I'm meant to go in absolutely and just getting a better understanding of like what's the word catastrophic and like where is it accurately placed in our conversation and what we think about life you know that's such that word holds so much weight Um, and I, I think it's completely responsible for people to apply catastrophic to, um, 2020, or you can apply the word revolutionary and you can imply the word, um, kind of like, kind of like cleansing in a sense to oneself of like, I no longer can do what I thought I had to do in life. A lot of the time, the rat race shut down, um, and so that allowed us to learn a lot about ourselves during that period. Not to say that that wasn't a difficult struggle um, to try to have to look inward. Uh, but once you start getting yourself outside of that in your struggle, you see yourself walking forward. Sometimes you have to look at your catastrophes as um, kind of miracles in your life, and you can say, "Hey, that that redirected me in a really positive direction." I can't look at this always as doom and gloom. I can look at this with like some excitement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Throw a positive twist on it. I like that. Catastrophic is a a negative word, but I love how you use revolutionary. I mean, whenever there's change, it's for a reason. I believe it's for a reason.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's like when you get back from the gym and all your muscles hurt, people who are used to going to the gym or going on jogs or being in, in, in sports, you know, when you wake up the next morning and you're sore, you actually celebrate that, right? You go, oh my gosh, I put some serious stress on my body yesterday and I know that I'm growing from it. And so I I, I want us to all, or at least I am personally trying to look at soreness um, with positivity as long as it's in the direction of growth. Right.
0: How do you use it Central. I mean, you can use anything in life. I mean, the worst things that life in our perspective normally that happen to us can have a
1: silver lining still. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I don't know if um, I, I feel like when we get the ticket into to life itself, it's not a ticket that's always paved in, hey, everything's going to be great all the time. I think it's a ticket towards saying, I'm going to take you on a roller coaster ride um, and I want to see what you're worth.
0: Mm, i like that i like the gym analogy too like thinking about that on a smaller scale and and being an entrepreneur all of the struggle that you know exists in that space i wonder if there's smaller struggles that we can create like working with a human being living a better life that we can bring to ourselves rather than these larger what i use as catastrophic 2020 Mm -hmm. sort of term but like that little struggle it's kind of the way it's the direction to
1: growth, absolutely, yes, um you know internal conversation, cultural conversation, um, movements that inspire change that's that's what it's all about' um, it's, it's okay to have those little disheveled periods it's It's okay to experience something that feels unsettling and and feels like um. You don't know what tomorrow looks like. But sometimes we have to realize that if if we still have the faces around us within our friends or community, um, looking at the situation of uncertainty with us, we can say, I realize that tomorrow is uncertain. But because I have all of you around me, I know it's going to be all right. It's going to be interesting. And we're probably going to use it for the best.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. And they put excitement behind it. The uncertainty should should draw excitement. If we think about it as like, man, this is
1: an opportunity. No one is ever looked back on in history. And we don't read in history books about individuals that say tomorrow is over. We don't have a chance. There's no hope. Nobody, uh, no Twitter fingers are going to be looked back on history. And they say all the doom and gloom people will be forgotten about. The only people that will be remembered are the people that were able to look through chaos and say, I see hope here. This is how we get forward because that's actually the human condition. When we fall down, we are built to get up. We are not, we don't celebrate just laying down and saying, I'm not getting up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I continually try to have um, an internal monologue that also creates external um, movement and conversation that says I am going to celebrate standing up even if it's you know kind of one finger or one toe at a time stand up there's still something to celebrate
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like Drake would say God's plan right exactly I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah I'm a big God guy so that obviously leaves me very optimistic um,
0: and regardless... whether people the listening are, are uh, spiritual or not, I mean, just universe or source energy, whatever you want to call it, there's a bigger, bigger plan. I mean, and surrendering is, is hel- very helpful to um, assist us during this uncertain period of time to help tomorrow look more promising.
1: Right. Absolutely. That's the thing. Like, let's say you're not a God person and, uh, but you probably believe in something. Even if that something is just yourself, there is a belief that like, you are supposed to create better. I think at least, I think that's most people's internal monologue is like this idea that like, I'm unique. Um, I am maybe unseen in my uniqueness, but if I would ever be seen, I could create positive change. There's always like that deep kind of maybe tickle in your soul or thought in your heart that is like, if I could push past this, I know that I could get more out of my life and be better to my family and be better to myself um, and create positive change in, in my surroundings. Um, So I, I personally think that's a God thing. I think that's you listening to your conscience. Um, Mm -hmm. But even if you think that's just listening to your biological tick, in your heart and what it means to be a human being, like an animal on earth that just is out here um, running wild, but still has some interesting, awkward um, compass. Then I'm like, yeah, like, but I'm pretty sure we all have that compass of like, dude, I can, I can do something with my, if I, you give me one more moment in life, I can do something with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it, it, I, I, the word surrender keeps coming back to mind. I mean, because we, I, I feel like as people, we really, really value having control over everything. And sometimes we just need to let life happen.
1: hundred percent. Yep. It's, you know, um, we, the whole thing with life is, I don't know if we have much control of any, it, but we have the ability to um, control our perspective of how we are going to react emotionally, how we are going to react with our actions, how are we going to react with our money, how are we going to react with the love that we share with the world, the love that we share with our partner or um, our family, like that reaction we have control of. Um, But, you know, how the world perceives that or, or what other obstacle will come in our face the next day we have no control of but we always have control of how we perceive that
0: exactly that's powerful i, I remember um there's a book i forgot the title victor frankl wrote it from the holocaust talking about what you just mentioned there the the gap between stimulus and response so what happens to you and how you respond he mentioned during the holocaust that was the one thing that couldn't be stripped from him. He had complete control over that. And as a human being um, that, that should be our focus is that pause, that opportunity for us to just, you know, take action and and appropriately react proactive, not reactive. Right. Um, Yes.
1: And, you know, with, I I think that there's this interesting balance between um, human instinct and what I think as ourselves as spiritual beings, right? And so there's it, it, any time that someone slaps you in the face as an animal, you're going to get mad. Your, 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 your humanistic, animalistic thoughts are going to go, I'm angry, um, I need to retaliate, and I hate that person who just did that to me. But like, you know, in our more spiritual selves, in our comprehension of, you know, external factors, you then start to address it. The next second, your mind starts to address that slap and says, okay, so why was I slapped? Is this person a threat to me? Is this person angry with me? Or did I do something that deserved that slap? And then from there you grow, right? Like, so from what you perceive it from that first second to five minutes later, things start to get a little bit more confusing or they promote more clarity. And then within the way that you perceive that slap five months from there and then five years from there will ever change. And so that I think is where control lies within the human condition is realizing that we are animals and we are human we're just this creature on earth but i also think there's a deeper sense of meaning where we have a spiritual being and we have um more that we are intended to be and so we can Mm. experience a slap and that anger and that reaction that happens biologically within us and then we can turn it around and go but maybe maybe that person maybe that slap isn't even about me right Mm. like maybe that slaps about something that this, this person's been happening throughout their entire life. And um, this is just an altercation that I am colliding with, but I am just an end result of it. I am not actually the symptom or I'm not the, the, I'm just the kind of sitting in the symptoms. I'm actually not like where this thing originated. The slap
0: could be an expression of their own internal struggles too, that you're just, that you happen to be involved with. And, 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 you know, like you said, too, I mean, I, they, the answers may reveal themselves if you evaluate it, if you seek to understand it, right? Right. So that's where the pause
1: that you're talking about is so vital within being human, because I think we're balancing two different things at the same time. And I think that's sometimes the beauty of life, but that also is the struggle of life.
0: Mm-hmm crazy how they're always tied together Mm -hmm. that's that's the fun of it struggle is beauty beauty is struggle they're they're the same i mean that's imperfection is beauty absolutely absolutely um that reminds i know proactive not reactive is another thing we just talked about that's Actually, uh, Covey's Covey's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, it reminds me like the same. We're rolling right into another one, which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And as human beings, we go out and we always want people to understand us. But how much more value can we offer the world and how much more value can we get back if we just take that time, that pause like we're talking about, whether we get slapped or not, to understand what's going on around us and what other people
1: have. And then to be understood. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like, because you know, a lot of people who we value in culture or history or people that are um having conversation about the world and that we say that person gets it. It's not necessarily the fact that they have always a unique perspective, but sometimes it's about their unraveling a perspective that we all actually have internally they're just finally letting it breathe. So we're not necessarily celebrating that person like MLK, we have MLK day coming up, right? Like his perspective seemed unique because he said it, but he was really digging down into everybody's hearts and souls and pulling out a perspective that we all knew to be true. We were just too scared to say it and then too scared to deal with the consequences of saying it and he put that on his back that's why he's revered right because he paid the ultimate sacrifice for drawing out the truth that he knew we all needed to grab from the depths of our heart and bring to the surface
0: 100 percent. and dealing with the consequences like you said people are scared there's that fear of of um stepping into that that uncharted territory right but how, how much of a consequence is it going to be to not take action?
1: Absolutely. You know, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Then it gets, it, you know, one of the big things that I'm been kind of touting for the last like two years is the fear of missing out. Right. And so sometimes the way that I'm, you know, starting to direct my life is when you're a young college kid, you have the fear of missing out on later in the night. Right. So you take, Maybe you, you stay at the bar a little bit longer. You stay at the party a little bit longer. You, you hang out with, um, you just, you have a fear of missing out on the nightlife, the Guilt. fun, like meeting <laughs> more people. What yep. I so now I'm 33 years old and I've really developed a huge fear of missing out on waking up early, getting a good jogging starting the day off strong because I've had enough of those days piled up that I know, whoa, those days achieve something. I meet more interesting people. I have better conversations. I'm able to create things that um, make me feel good. And then and do probably project some good onto the world as well. And there's a more of a fulfilled life when I've had the fear of missing out, on what a really really good day looks like than like what a really really good night looks like and i found that like those things really actually uh pile on themselves and create a a full free life that the other element of it is alive right so you just i just i've just met too many people that have the fear of missing out on that last drink at the bar or you know, one last party or going to these different things that, that is, that's, that's such a false reality of where you're going to find life.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it the, the last podcast that I had, uh, we talked about fear a little bit and and he uh, mentioned something that was powerful to me. He said, fear is a teacher. Um, and that fear, like it may not be completely Gone. I think you've become more aware and accepting of it, and now you're applying it. You, you, you shifted what you know rather than being out late, which I'm guilty of that. 100%. I got, and, I, and I'm still guilty of it every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. Right.
1: And, and that
0: shift though, that shift to now, you're you're still the same. The same thought, the same fear is there, but it's now. I got to get up early. I got to go for a jog. I got to approach my day with with confidence and with direction.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's knowing that like real opportunity lies in when you have a sound um, spiritual self, a sound um, kind of uh, structured kind of day or that doesn't always have to be structured, but at least it's, it's not pushing in some sort of positive direction in your life. You're, you know, you're pushing towards your dreams. Um, you're working at them daily. You're surrounding yourself by people that support those things. And even, um, force you or uh, encourage you to take bigger risks towards the things that you have deep desire to build. And, um, and then a community that's loving and that sees you who you are. Um, those, and then also a healthy self, like actually having a healthy body because a healthy body creates a healthy soul. Like that structure is like, I just fear missing out on having that beautiful opportunity, which we all still have if you're healthy and young to be able to live that life and Mm. because i but i have don't get me wrong i have been caught in that fear of missing out in like all of the structure of what it's like to go and just live your life through like a bar scene or a party scene or through a friend group that is is always celebrating those actions and not actually celebrating what they do the next day once they wake up. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that, do you have a
0: suggestion for those that are caught up in that form of the fear of missing out to translate that into a better form? Like we're experiencing now that you're talking about with
1: the, the fear of basically growth. Like you don't want to miss out on growth. Well, that's the thing. So like if, if that's your scene and that gives you life, I'm not going to tell you that that's not your thing. Like if that truly fulfills your soul, and you wake up every day and you say, this is who I wanna be and this is what I'm striving towards, do it a hundred percent. Like live that life. I'm just trying to provide another perspective where I think that you might be chasing the tiger's tail in a place that doesn't actually fulfill the life that you deeply desire. Nice. Exactly. And
0: what and what value is there truly like like because I, I i I agree that going out and being around that having fun and experiencing that lifestyle is great, but at what point you know is it is it going to be serving you? Right what
1: and, and how much of it is necessary that, that will serve you. That's why like I'm, I'm 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 dude, I I'm huge with I love going out with my girlfriend and we love throwing parties at the beach. That serves me well. I love bringing out community, getting on the beach, having, turning the music all the way up and dancing all afternoon. There, and I think that- Let me know
0: when you do that next, man. Let me know when you do that. Absolutely. So So,
1: so like to me, I'm actually, I'm moving over to your kind of, your side of town. We're moving to Venice um, in a month. Oh God. Okay, well, here we go. Right. And and then I also like, um, I love sports, right? Like I love going- a bar on awkwardly on a sunday morning and watching vikings with a bunch of people from minnesota like i love that experience and that does fill my cup um but there's uh there's kind of like this little gray area in the mix of some of those settings where like you can be getting provided life and but there's like there's certain little cliffs in those spaces and don't get me wrong there's still cliffs in the wake up early and grind right like you could wake up early and grind at something that you don't care about. That's a cliff. You could be worrying every, you could be, you know, working for the weekend or like um, just working for the next thing that you need to buy. That's a cliff. Yeah. So that so yeah. just cause you woke up early and, and jog and ate your coffee and don't drink, never done drugs and you grind all day. That's not what I'm saying about like the fear of missing out on, right? I'm talking about being like a a clear eyed, full hearted person that's able to walk towards the thing that I care about most and making sure that I'm not putting up my own guardrails towards what I want to my life to look like or my own barriers. And sometimes we up our own own darn barriers and then we scream at the world for putting them up. It's like, bro, you put them up.
0: Uh, well we have yeah we control ourselves you're triggering the word balance in my mind the word balance is so crucial like and and that's where fulfillment i feel like comes from it's just awareness of different areas and what value that has to yourself what attachment you have to these different areas and when am i going too far when do i need to scale back when do i need to put a little bit more effort into this you know and just evaluating that yeah absolutely yeah Beautiful, brother. Well, man, we just went for 25 minutes on that. I didn't even get a chance to ask you a question I had written down. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I like to go to entrepreneur and community a little bit because we highlighted that, you know, and that's, I know that about you and that, that excites me too. And um, just a little bit about entrepreneurship and right now and the experience that you've had coming up in that space and where you're at now with that is
1: just kind of a broad,
0: broad perspective. If you
1: well, you know, I've kind of had an interesting um, time being an entrepreneur. I've never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to be a person that owns a business that's operating. So I think the word, but I'm. And don't get me wrong. I'm an entrepreneur right now because that means that nothing's taken the traction that I've desired it to take. Right. So, but that doesn't mean that I haven't caught traction before in my life. Um, we so a small team of myself and two of my best buddies from college, we started this company called Juicebot, and we grew it from a college classroom. And it, you know, we got, we are the first FDA approved device to be able to dispense an unpasteurized juice in an unattended retail format, which means being able to buy a juice in the way that you buy a red box movie. And um, we took that from, you know, building it with little pop-ups in Minnesota to go into San Francisco, where we were able to raise a bunch of seed money. And then we actually got VC money. And then that took me to Los Angeles where we formed partnerships with Whole Foods and Snapchat and Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom's um, and other kind of cool little tech companies in, in in the LA community. And so, we built up to 11 kiosks where we're, you know, we're in these schools and these tech companies and, and also in just these kind of fun areas of interest. And, um, so I have had success in those spaces, but uniquely enough, um, the VC company that invested in us actually ended up taking that away. Right. And, uh, I, it's not unique. I'm not a unique person where the VCs fired us as executives. Um, That happens all the time. where founders get fired. Um, I'm still an equity partner. But uh, what's what's unique about our situation is I still think that these VCs actually stole this company from us without the intention of growing the product that we'd all been fighting for, right? So I think that they're just using um, the, the identity of our brand where ever since we the transition happened a year ago where they took this company from us, they haven't sold one juice, right? So it's like they took all the machines off the ground and they're still filtering money to themselves and paying themselves higher salaries. We went from paying ourselves all $3,000 a month um, where we were able to do that for uh, only two years throughout that um, eight year period um, and the next month, they started paying themselves $8,500 a month as executives, and they never sold one juice from it. Uh, where it's, it's kind of a unique experience where it feels like this money laundering scheme, but we're all sitting there going, we have no idea what's going on. This seems a little bit bizarre. So it doesn't seem like a good formula. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it seems like a bizarre thing. But with that, it's been kind of cool to see where our team's gone from, you know, like we've had some, everybody from our team except myself has moved from Los Angeles. We had um, a company that had 25 employees and now it only has the three executives that um, removed us from the company um, and then put themselves in executive roles. And so I've what I've been able to learn so much throughout my entrepreneurial experience is like, one, small teams can just build unbelievable things, um, and and it's it's cool to see that the world, if you have a unique perspective, is willing to receive it. Once you get into in, into a space where um, they can, it's really tangible to them. So if you have that tickle in your heart, that like, hey, I think the world wants this, and you have enough drive to then you know create it with a small team of people that. You know, fr- fr- provide value to that product. I think good people make great product. Um, that can happen. I've been able to experience that through an eight-year journey. We took something from just nothing in the college classroom to uh, building product internationally and 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 shipping it around the country. Right. So that was just such a f- fun and unique experience. The it's not unique that someone stole it from us. Um, it's been kind of awkwardly enjoyable sometimes it's i obviously wish that that was still my career but i've learned so much from it too um i i can't hate what happened um i'm bothered by the people that did it and uh i don't know i guess i can rant on that forever but that's, that's and, and, you still, you, still, you still took value out of it, which that I mean there
0: there's again, like we just talked about earlier, there's lessons in all this and and you said something that really kind of lit me up there about the small teams and the unbelievable things and good people, great products, and um that intimate setting I, I feel like in business as an entrepreneur me be I'm involved in a couple of intimate settings in business right now, and I get so much excitement
1: out of that, and I feel like that camaraderie has so much value too. Absolutely. I love, I've always been a person who I like team sports. I love football. I love playing hockey back in the day. Um, played all the sports, right? Like that was so much fun. And I I've been able to find that same level of enjoyment with building product um, in the, in the tech space, in the food industry. And uh, I continue to strive to be uh, an asset to teams. And so that's why I still do some tech consulting. Now Um, I will be joining a team here at the end of the month for another tech product. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's been so, it's, it's, it's it's, it's so interesting of how uh, when you can just have some like normal people with uh, belief in themselves and having enough sacrifice to uh, let other people come on board and, and let their talents live within your space as well. Like letting people breathe and letting people find identity and, and things that you're building and things that you can build together and let each individual who's on your team have their thumbprint um, on the product that you sell. Man, you can create stuff quick. It can, be, it can be cool and it can be such a fun journey to build with other people. What
0: do you suggest to those that are, are uh, juggling the concept of entering into that journey?
1: Uh, well, so if you are like an individual that, you know, well, first thing, speak it, like start telling people that this is what you're thinking about. Stop being scared that somebody else is going to steal your idea. Uh, most of, most likely, uh, your idea isn't actually valuable enough at that moment to sell or to steal because you haven't even created it yet to the function that someone understands it. Right. And so it just doesn't make sense to always hide it because one people don't have enough time. And I'm saying this from a person who's gotten something stolen from them, but it took eight years until it got to be a product that was valuable enough that you if you start talking about the thing that you wanna build, let's say that you think that you have a whole new revolutionary type of remote control car, you're like, this, this, is, this remote control car is faster, it's cooler, it goes in water, it also flies, now it's a drone, whatever. If you start speaking that in the world, you might find that there's other people like yourself that wants to build it with you. And you have to stop, I, I Unless you're some weird, even Mark Zuckerberg didn't build Facebook alone, right? Like he had a small team that battled that battle with them. Um, you gotta get other people on your team and get people with you know different talents. Stop fearing people that have different talents than you. Start celebrating um, those different talents and and start seeing how they could impact your product and your team with value. I think the two- message
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. Well, just too many people yeah. like try to hold it too close to their best and they want to be like always seen as like the only person that's creating this thing. And if you think that you're going to be the only person that created this thing, you will just never be successful. That thing will never exist. It will never be bought by anybody. No one will ever experience it. And you will be an 80 year old grandpa one day talking, Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I had this great idea, but nobody liked it. And you probably never even tried. But if you start speaking and you were so scared that someone was going to steal it, you never even woke up one morning and told someone at a coffee shop about it. Um, The the more the quicker that you get over yourself um, and just start talking about it. uh, Other people will get excited about it, too. And you'll find um, talent will start coming to you.
0: Mm. yeah yeah i i feel like like putting that message out to the world the universe just talking to people asking people what they think of it right ask find people that you value their opinion or thinking you know what can i how can i grow how can i continue to understand more about this concept that i have exactly you know, and sharing it is is growth in itself i mean i I agree completely. Keeping things bottled up or trying to do everything yourself never it, it's not harmonious, it doesn't work out, it doesn't it, I mean, it maybe in some forms doing things on your own can, but putting out a product
1: or starting a business, yeah. uh, you need to have that. In the inception, outside. right? Like like in this podcast, right? Like you're able to do this alone. You have all the tools yeah. in front do of you to control. do, to do that alone. Have still
0: have consultants, still have people that add all this outside value to it, even though it's run mon- just myself. But right. it's still, it's still not. It's never alone. Never alone.
1: Right. And that's the thing where, like, it, it, you got to put in the baby steps yourself. So it's not like you're always going to be around a team that's patting you on the back saying you're doing the best thing ever. Like there is that midnight oil that's going to have to get done uniquely alone in order for that thing to be um, something that has any value. But uh, just starting to talk about it and sharing things with the world, saying like, hey, this is what I'm trying to work for. Even when it's really scary to like voice that to family members, because then you're accountable next Mm -hmm. Christmas, right? That family member next Christmas is going to say, hey, how are you doing on that podcast? And if you weren't sitting here with your second conversation happening, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it just didn't work out for me. Like, I couldn't find the time. And like, I don't know, like, no one wanted to like, really talk to me about it, even though you never reached out to anybody about it. You know, like, I feel like that's how those stories are actually told. Uh, you once you start voicing in the world, and you start telling the families, hey, I'm starting a podcast, it's going to be about life and growth. And- and a career like if you'd like to be on it I'd love to hear your story uh then next Christmas you come around and you say hey yeah like it's actually going kind of well like I've had been able to do like 15 interviews throughout the year and like it's been it's been kind of fun that that's when that growth actually starts to happen um having some of that uh community accountability is also valuable too
0: mm-hmm. all of this ties into community too I mean, I, it, that in your passion building community, it's it's interesting how the community uh, is so tied to business, <clears throat> business and community, vice versa. They have so much impact on each other. Um, how do you feel about just, I mean, well, your, your passion is building community. I know we talked a little bit about entrepreneurship. We can talk about the ties between the two, but but with your passion being community, what what exactly in that space or what, what excites you
1: the most about that? Um, well, I really like being like, what I mean by building a community is like building teams or like even being a part of like a family structure that is like, is is fighting for more and isn't um, trying to dismantle the other person's future. Like, having self-love and community love and, and being a group that is reinforcing, we can make it happen. So just reestablishing that, that optimistic conversation and optimistic outlook on yourself and the people around you and start seeing like, Hey, like maybe like Ethan is going to be the next Joe Rogan. Right. And man, I absolutely want to be a part of his podcast. Like that seems super dope. I want to be a part of his journey, not sitting there and going, Oh, you know what? For some reason you'll have some people that you will like even ask to be on your podcast. And they'll probably turn around after they get off the phone call and be like, Hey, like this kid's like, he thinks he's Joe Rogan. Like he thinks he's already like doing all this stuff. It's like, no, you're just working towards something that you have this tickle in your heart. You're like, yo, this can be something, or, or this, is an, this is a journey that I want to go on. And so just reestablishing those positive conversations to realize that, like, start having some love for the people around you and and drawing out the best in them. And they will then draw out the best in you too. Uh, I just love seeing that grow, whether it's in business or with, whether it's in a community center or whether it's in my own personal relationships. I just love building Uh, that conversation and that uh, it really becomes even more than a conversation. It becomes like the constitution within that relationship. We live by these values, these virtues, and this law of like, we know we can, we know we will, and we, we know we will overcome. And I, 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 I love, I love that. That's like one of my favorite parts about life.
0: Right. I need more elk meat if I'm gonna be like Joe Rogan.
1: Dude, <laughs> <Yeah>, that guy's <laughs> pounding elk. <It's>, okay.
0: <laughs> I love listening to his podcast, man. He's just real, and that just just being real and just being present, and yeah, it's uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what you're talking about. Um, it's funny. I was gonna say I love love. Um, <laughs> you can you're, love love. I love the word love. I know it's probably overused. A lot of people feel like, well, not probably overused. It's, it can never be overused. It's a beautiful thing, but, uh, you hear it a lot, but it really is foundational. I mean, just positive mental attitude and, and just expressing good energy on people, man. I mean, that's, that's the foundation to community in my eyes. You're not going to build anything without, at least not a good community. I mean, you can go back to the, like we were talking about the fear of, um, um, whatever it was that missing we were just talking out. about, you know, yeah. yeah, missing out. It's like you can fall into those worse or less, uh less fulfilling communities by approaching it without love. But if you want to fall into the good ones, if you want to attract the right, just approach it with love, approach it with abundance, approach it with
1: that, that PMA, that positive mental attitude. Right. Well, you know, so like one of the things that we've been doing while COVID has been going on and I'm honestly still, looking for teams to be able to impact through tech consulting. And I'm still, you know, building my own um, media stuff with doing different podcasts and playing around with what those analytics look like and how can you, you know, drive numbers and knowing that I'm still an infant in my understanding of it. But I really, that's why I say it's a hobby because I just like playing in that. I I don't know where it's going. It's just enjoyable. But one of the things we've been doing on a day-to-day basis, uh, myself and my girlfriend, we're... She's building uh, a consulting company where she's helping young youth, adolescents um, in black and brown communities be able to really see themselves and where they fit in the world and how they can create change in it. And so we've been um, at the Watts Empowerment Center in Imperial Courts. And one of the things that I've really learned from kids in the way that, you know, these conversations can impact them is you can get in like little friend groups. And don't get me wrong, this still happens with 30 year olds in Venice, where you just, you get these, you, you come into the kids who are playing basketball on the playground and like, you, you hear them saying the word like, hey, like be a little kid would be like, I hate this kid, right? It's like, you don't hate this kid. This kid's like literally your best friend. I see you laughing with him every day. He's like, no, I hate him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not my best friend. I'm like, he's absolutely your best friend. Like you, you go everywhere together. Like you are the best buddies. Yeah. You're in a fight right now. But like, you don't hate this kid. You actually love this kid. Um, and to have that kind of like gr- degrading talk where, you know, you, you, I hear the little, little best friends calling each other losers and calling each other losers behind each other's backs and like all that type of stuff. We've been able to get into that community and like really be like, no, man, like that's, I, I hear what you're saying. And you're, I know that you maybe are hearing words that you've heard from like movies or different aspects of life. Um, but that you're not speaking your truth when you're saying things like that. Like you actually love your best buddy and you know that he's good at basketball. He, when you say he sucks at basketball, that's not real. Now, if you're just joshing him, I get it. But when it kind of feels yeah. like you're actually trying to like speak a a false truth into yeah. him by saying you actually suck at basketball, you're, that's a lie. Like he's actually one of the best kids here. Yeah. Um, the
0: impact that has on him speaking that, I mean, it's impacting his unconscious mind. And yes. that, you know, whether uh, people realize it or not, their, their language was I can or I can't, whichever one you choose. I mean, what you decide to
1: speak yeah, is the truth. I mean, and so, it, it will sink into your mind. And so it's just so funny to see that with like little kids, you know, in like third and fourth grade. And then then also seeing that same behavior pattern in like the Beverly Hills housewives, right? Where you're like, if, if you don't get this under control, like that person will live this life forever. And and just starting to see the value in the people around you and having that fresh perspective of like, you know what? Like the everybody in this neighborhood is my neighbor and everybody in this neighborhood is my community. Everybody in this neighborhood is actually my family in in a unique way, if I want to grow it in that direction. Um, so it's, I just, that's, that's where it's like, just super fun. I I, I love that stuff. It's truly my passion. Uh, it's it's when I wake up and um, I have nothing to do. That's what I find myself just kind of in those moments. I'm like, wait, thou, how did I find myself here? But that's, that's where my heart leads me. That's amazing, man. giving, I mean, that's going to
0: grow the heart. I mean, you're going to get, I, I, yeah, that's got to be fulfilling knowing what you're doing. Um, ra- wrapping this up though here, since we're coming to a close soon, uh, can you, tell us where to find or your girlfriend's consulting company, the kids you're working with. And also like explain to us where we can find your, you know, your media adventures that you're going on. If there's anything available, like podcast wise or whatever we can do to to track LJ. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. You can just, you can track me at, at LJ stead on Instagram. You'll find all the other things kind of through that. And I'll, um, I do kind of post them on there through like the stories and stuff. So that's the best way to kind of find me. And then um, Inspired by Elof, which is uh, my girlfriend's consulting agency. Uh, Definitely give that a follow if you are looking, if you're in Los Angeles uh, and you're looking to do some mentorship um, during this time. Uh, We do, we are a group that understands that COVID is a catastrophe in the sense that we kind of talked about earlier. but we also are recognizing that there's a thousand other things that we have to tackle at the same time. And so we are a community at the Watson empowerment center that are, um, face to face with the children every single day, logging them on zoom, speaking love, uh, being buddies, but also being mentors. Uh, we do need more people, um, volunteering there and, uh, We are doing it in person. We are, we're not virtual um, because we have real world problems that we need to tackle. Uh, We do it with, you know, a lot of hand sanitizer. We're, We're wearing masks and we're being cautious. But at the same time, we're being really, really realistic with the fact that there's a lot of other factors at work that we can't just hide from. We have to be a type of people that run towards the storm and not away from it that's powerful what one more time
0: the the handle
1: on that uh, so if you go at um inspired by Eloth and you can and how do you spell i-e-l-a-f okay yeah good
0: amazing brother um well, I mean, to, uh, this is a, I could probably sit here and talk to you for another hour. Um, I've actually got to jump off shortly, but this has been great. I, I appreciate you hopping on. I, I hope, well, I'm, I'm sure people spent time really listening here that they got value out of you. I get value every time I talk to
1: you. So. Hey, we're going to be, na- <laughs> we're going to be neighbors soon. So we'll be able to see. Some- <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll share some value in the sand together. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, I love it. Well, thanks for having me on. And I appreciate the conversations that you're creating and I, I hope that you just continue to do this, man, just work out every day and something special is going to come out of it. It's going to be, it's, uh,
0: it's going to be a beautiful thing. Um, I don't know if I'll be the next Joe Rogan, but I'll be the next somebody. And that's, I'm exciting. Uh, just, just hearing, uh, you know, everything that all you guys have to say and all the impact that it can make on people. It's beautiful. So um, again, appreciate you. I will see you soon in Venice then.